This episode is sponsored by Visual Media. Are you an entrepreneur or a small business looking to take your brand to the next level? Then Visual Media is the service for you. Visual Media is a video production company who specializes in creating high-quality visual content for social media, websites, and online courses. Head over to Visual Media on Instagram and drop Resilience in their DM to get started. That's V-Z-U-A-L-M-E-D-I-A underscore to get started. This episode contains topics that may be triggering for some people. Viewers' discretion is advised. What's up, everyone? This is Resilience in Action with Aaron Brown, the number one podcast for anyone looking to have a greater human experience. What's going on, everyone? This is Resilience in Action with Aaron Brown. And today, our very, very special guest is Mr. Logan Taylor. Logan, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It's a privilege and an honor. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so why be normal, right? What What is that? We're just going to jump right in and I'll get you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. But I want to, your hat says why be normal. Your hoodie says why be normal. I have why be normal written down right here. So tell me more about why be normal. Okay, wonderful. So um, first, let me say thank you. Um, I believe in giving people their flowers and, you know, I've watched uh, a few episodes and so I want to say thank you for this opportunity. It's a privilege and an honor and I appreciate what you do. Um, and so I just want to say that, but why be normal, who we are, what we do, um, why be normal? We help economically disadvantaged at risk youth. We help them overcome obstacles through, uh, empowerment speaking and a curriculum development program. And so, I work in the education space. I've been working in the education space since 2015. And so we go and we do professional development with teachers. We do student assemblies. We do a curriculum development program where we license out our curriculum uh, to schools and school districts and things like that. And our curriculum is wrapped around social and emotional learning and mental health. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Okay, so what... What started this all? Where did this come from? Have you always been this Logan that we see today? No, not at all. Like, I come from very, 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 very um, humble beginnings. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I mean, we all, most, uh, there's quite a few people that have that, you know, rags to riches story coming from the bottom and, you know, different things like that. Um but for me, it was 2015 that actually kicked off Why Be Normal. Before that, you know, I used to, you know, be out in the streets, you know, throwing parties, promoting parties, uh, going to clubs, you know, smoking, drinking. Uh, out of seven days a week, I was smoking and drinking six days a week because I felt like that one day I could just rest so I could recharge <laughs> to continue to do the same thing. Of course. Um, but, you know, yeah, like coming from... Where I come from, most people don't make it out to be successful. You either have to play a sport or you got to sell drugs. Those are the only two uh, avenues coming from where I come from. And so uh, for me, you know, starting YB Normal was the was the the shift. Um, 
that was that wasn't the start. That was just the that was just the the vision uh, and the direction and things that you know God set out for me. And so I can remember being in my mid twenties, probably like 24, 25. I could remember um, I listened to a sermon by T.D. Jakes, and he was talking about your purpose. And he was talking about how, you know, um, during that time, I can remember, like, he was talking about when you are, you know, going after your purpose, when you are going through things um, that are purpose-filled, that you're going to, there's going to be some things that are going to be difficult. There are going to be some friends that you're going to lose. Yeah. Uh, there are going to be some, there are going to be some opportunities for you that you can't really explain and different things of that nature. And so listening to that, because at that time, you know, I was working, I was working three jobs. Mm. So I was barely seeing my kids. Um, I had three kids. Uh, at the time I had, I had two. So my oldest boy, um, Noah, and my daughter, uh, Ryan, I was working three jobs. So I was working at this warehouse uh, that packaged food for Kroger mm -hmm. and I was working at DSW, the shoe store. And then I was also working at Cold Stone Creamery. Ooh, and, Cold Stone. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, I know all the little jingles and everything. When they leave a little tip and you, you do, <laughs> you do the jingles <laughs> and all that type of stuff. I know all of that type of stuff, but uh, shout out to Cold Stone. That was, uh, that and DSW were one of my favorite places. Um, the place that like really took a toll on me and I really had to let it go was uh, working in the warehouse and packaging the food for Kroger. Yeah. So when you see people, um, when you would, when you would see people like late at night, when the store grocery store is getting ready to close and they're bringing those pallets out, mm -hmm. I was the person that was stacking that. Gotcha. Okay. 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 So I was that individual and I could remember, man, like, there were, you know, there were some guys, there were some, some Hispanic guys that worked there and man, they would run circles around me. Mm -hmm. Like they would be able to do, like, it would take me at least for maybe five, maybe six hours to just do one pallet. It wasn't, was it that involved? Did you literally have to? So what I'm thinking is like, okay, there's a warehouse. You have to go basically shop for the product and then you have to stack the product on the pallets. Okay. Okay. All right. You have to go. So, and it was like a, it was like a, it was basically like an assembly line. So mm -hmm. you would have to go down one aisle and you would drive like this, um, this like motorized, like little scooter and okay. the pallet would be on it. But the, the thing was, is that like, when I would get my orders, it wouldn't be like, oh, let me get one of these. Let me get two of these. Like, it was like, okay, let me get 15 or 20 uh, packets of water. Well, water is, water is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, like that, that's heavy. And so I'm like, okay. And then you have to package it a certain way so it doesn't fall. Mm -hmm. Because I have to go all the way through, I have to go all the way through uh the aisles and the line before i can before i can wrap it gotcha gotcha okay and you had to pack you had to you had to layer it and pack it package it a certain way but anyways 
Um, let me get back to, you know, how this all came came about. So anyways, um, 2015, we had uh, somewhere in one week, we had somewhere between 15 to 20, no more than 25 uh, killings in a week. And that's massive because I'm from I'm from a very small city, which is Chattanooga, Tennessee. Gotcha. And that's massive compared to bigger cities like. New York, California, Texas, Louisiana, Chicago, Memphis, right? Like those are, that's massive numbers for us because we don't see stuff like that on a regular basis. Yeah. And so I can remember uh, being in Florida at the time on family vacation. And I can remember I had 40 missed calls in one hour. I had 40 missed calls in one hour from people, you know, calling me, Logan, did you hear, leaving me voicemails, like, Logan, did you hear that this person died? Logan, this person got shot. Logan, this person, uh, her daughter got killed. Like, just different wow. things like that. And I knew a vast majority of those individuals and those people because of, there were, there were a number of things. We grew up in the same community. We went to school together. Um, we may have played Little League, little league uh, sports together, Mm -hmm. or they may have been, you know, um, our families knew each other, right? So gotcha. different, different things like that. And uh, I felt like that was a cry out for help for my city and the next generation. And so, I, you know, I tried to figure out like, okay, how can I give back? Because my grandmother always taught me is, you know, Logan, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you always leave it better than the way that you found it. Mm. And so I was like, okay, how can I leave this city better than the way that I found it? And that was, uh, that was the opportunity for me. And so the first, the first, very first thing I did was a community event. Mm -hmm. And we gave out over 70 pairs of shoes to uh, the homeless community and people less fortunate. And uh, the results and the feedback that I got from it was, it was just, it was crazy. And um, I got I got feedback from the community. I got feedback from, you know, people less fortunate in the homeless community. I was like, okay, what can I do to uh, build on build upon this? What can mm -hmm. I do? So then I started doing a community event called Cut the Hate and Share the Love. Okay. So what that is is where we partner with local barbers and stylists in the community. Um, I get donations from churches. Uh, get donations from people. I get donations from chain restaurants and different things like that, organizations and stuff like that. And um, we partner with local barbers and stylists. They give them haircuts. They give them hairstyles. Um, they also have an opportunity to be able to um, not purchase, but be able to uh, take gently worn shoes and clothes that people have donated. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's that's how we do that. And then I bring in a medical component where we bring in an insurance person because we know that some homeless people don't have insurance and things of that nature, or people less fortunate, they don't even know what it is. And so we bring in a, we brought in a Medicare Medicaid person, uh, brought in uh, some local hospitals where they could give um, different tests as well as um, make people aware of different you know. Um, different services that they offer and stuff like that. And then we partner with a big chain restaurant like Olive Garden 
Um, and then they provide the food and stuff like that. And that's so, awesome. That's how that, I be normal that started. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's that's amazing. Um, I I'm a big event person. Um mm. when I lived in Lynchburg, I held my first back to school drive and we okay. gave away like I think probably over a hundred book bags, you know, pens, paper. Um, we have mm -hmm. at that time I worked at Walmart. So we had the optometrists come out and they set up a table and they were doing like um giving out eye care stuff and hey, make sure you're taking care of your kids' eyes and da 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 da. So um being being in the community like that, it mm -hmm. it sets you apart from everything else, all the craziness that's going on. Um, and the fact that you are able to connect with your the barbers, the stylists, the the um the chain restaurants and stuff like that to make this event like happen. What was your mindset afterwards? Because I know how I felt. How did you feel afterwards, like after it was all said and done? I felt grateful. Mm -hmm. More so than anything, because, you know, people less fortunate and, you know, the homeless community, that's a that's a big part of my heart because that's who I was. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I can remember being on welfare. I can remember getting hand-me-down shoes and clothes. Like, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. But I used to, you know, I used to get hand-me-down shoes and clothes because there were certain things my grandmother couldn't afford. Yeah. So you were raised by your grandmother? I was raised by my grandmother, yes. I was raised by my grandmother. Um, shout out to my sweet baby. Um, that's my that's my heart. That's my girl. That's my world. And, um, yeah, she raised me. She's uh, been raising me since I was two or basically since I was born mm -hmm. um yeah she raised me and so like I said I can remember you know my grandmother did the best that she could uh with what she had yeah and you know for me it was you know being one of those kids that hey I can relate you know what I'm saying like I can relate because we were on welfare mm -hmm. I can relate because you know there were certain things, you know, certain luxuries that I couldn't get because we didn't have the money. Yeah. You know, like the not like, you know, where most people could get the, the, you know, designer shoes or the name brand shoes and stuff like that. I had to get the shoes that the man was selling on the corner. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like I had to get the, I had to get the, the socks where it was like, yo, get you, you know, 10 pairs of socks for $20. Like, that's what, you know, like, that's what my grandmother was on. Like, she was doing the best that she could. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for me, like, I can relate to that because I was one of those kids, right? Like, I can still remember in 2010 being homeless, sleeping in a church parking lot. Mm. Say right? more about that. How'd you end up homeless? What happened? So... Being homeless, um, I really, you know, I lost everything. So I was actually um, in a relationship at the time. Uh, me and my little girl's mom were together and um, she kicked me out. And so I didn't have anywhere to go uh, because I didn't, you know, I wasn't talking to my family uh, during that season in my life. 
and didn't really have, you know, really didn't have much. And so um, slept in a church parking lot down the street from uh, where we lived. Probably did that maybe maybe a couple weeks. Um, but like I said, like I can remember like having to like go through that and experience those different things and the thoughts and the emotions and what I was feeling. And I'm like, yo, like, am I, am I worthy or am I able, right? Like I, you know, I had lost everything. I lost my jobs. Um, I had quit the warehouse job, but I had lost my jobs and all that type of stuff. And trying to find, you know, employment and different things like that. And so um, I started to go back to to what I knew, right, which was selling drugs. Like, that's, I knew it. Like, I knew it like the back of my hand. If it was if it was a way to for me to, you know, get myself on my feet, that was, for me, that's, yeah. that's what I thought in that season and where I was at. Um, and, you know, I didn't know any better. Right. Like when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I didn't know any better. So. Gotcha. Um, how long did you sell drugs? Sold drugs. Was 2010. I probably sold drugs for maybe. About a year, year and a half. And then I realized like yo, this ain't going to get me nowhere. Like, I remember the OGs talking to me and them telling me, like, Logan, bro, like, you too gifted. Like, what Like what you doing? Like, you you, you are great at basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, you lost you lost your scholarship, and it's just like stuff just started going downhill for me uh, when I graduated high school in 2006. Mm-hmm. And I can remember the OGs pulling me to the side, talking to me, like, dude, you don't need to. You don't need to be doing this. Like, what you doing? Yeah. Like, you you ain't got to do this. Like, you you better than this. And, you know, I can remember them telling me, like, Logan, like, bro, you got two options. You either going to end up in dead, you either going to end up dead, or you're going to end up in jail. Mm-hmm. That's the only that's the only way the streets see it. They don't see it no other way. And so I was just like, all right. And they, like, really, like, had they, like, had a real, 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 heart to heart with me and that like that really opened my eyes um and then also you know my mom my adopted mom excuse me my adopted mom we had a conversation and she was just like Logan like you have two kids and what are you doing Mm -hmm. she said you know and you know I can talk about that another time or another episode but she was just like Logan what are you doing she was like, you have a duty to take care of two human beings that didn't ask to be here. Mm-hmm. And I remember her uh, just telling me, like, you got to do better. And, you know, she was like, you know, God wants more for you. God wants you to be the best version of Logan. And um, she was like, you need to get it together. And so that's when I really started to take, that's when I really started to shift and make a change. And so that's how the three jobs and stuff like that came about because gotcha. I was like, okay, if I'm staying busy and working my butt off, I ain't got time to be running around in the streets and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So. so shout out to to the OGs um, because there's there's some OGs in, in out there in specific neighborhoods that would have saw you and took advantage of that. 
Oh, absolutely. It would have definitely yeah. like, I I can use you. I can you know manipulate you. Absolutely. You know, get you this, that, and third. Um, so shout out to them for actually like having that conversation with you, and seeing your potential and and mm. shining light on it. Um, opposed to trying to douse it, you know, trying to stifle you out. That's that's major. And um, for the people that you had in your life that encourage you um, and held you accountable, like, hey, it's it's time to do. You got to do something else. It's time yeah, to absolutely. make something else work. Um, absolutely. I had people. It's funny you say that. Like, I had people in my life that like really wanted to see they wanted to see the the greatness that was in me they wanted to see it come mm. to fruition mm. like, like I can remember I can remember being younger and I can remember running the streets with some of my friends in the neighborhood and I can remember us doing certain things and they would say hey Logan bro you go home because you're gonna be something in life mm -hmm. because they was trying to protect me but I'm like, yo, like y'all my homies, like we running together, like you know what I'm saying? Like we doing if we going if we going in, we going all in. Like yeah. that's that's how, you know, that's that's how I that's how I, I do things. It's like I'm not gonna be lukewarm. Like I'm gonna go all in. Yeah. So um, you know, they man, like my friend, like at the time, you know, growing up, my friends that were in the neighborhood, like they used to tell me, like, Logan, bro, you gonna go places, you're gonna do stuff. And they used to be like, man, like, no, nah, like, you can't go do this. No, nah, Logan, you can't do this. And I used to be like, bro, y'all tripping, bro. Like, come on, man. Like, let me, you know what I'm saying? And they used to be like, no, nah, dude, you, no. Nah. Because you going somewhere. Like, bro, you going to do something. You going to do some amazing things in this world. And so, you know, I can appreciate people that hold me accountable. Hey, hey, hey. Did you know I wrote a book? It's called The Value Method. Five Steps to Unlocking Your Greatest Potential. And in it, I share just that. Five wildly easy, actionable steps that will set you up to have a greater human experience daily. I've included interactive worksheets and small assignments at the end of each chapter. You're literally creating a living blueprint of your best life. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to purchase your copy and a copy for a friend. Mm -hmm. when did you start listening to them like when did when did when did the switch happen and then you were like oh okay yeah let me let me let me go home the switch there were there were a few switches that happened. <laughs> um the first one was my kids being born mm -hmm. that that right there like that was the switch, like my baby boy being born, cutting his umbilical cord, being there, like seeing him being birthed, like that really did something to me. Um, and I was just like, dang, like I got somebody that, that didn't ask to be here. And, you know, that's a, like, that's a different type of love. Yeah. Um, you know, my grandmother getting sick and seeing her on the hospital bed to where you know there was a there was a high possibility of her dying. Um, I can remember her having you know a very very bad stroke, mm. and her you know one side of her body is completely paralyzed and weak uh, because of that stroke. And so you know different things like that. You know losing uh, losing my brother 
in 2019, he uh, he uh, committed suicide. And so dealing with that, uh, losing some very close friends of mine, you know what I'm saying, dying uh, from, you know, drug overdose or um, selling drugs and different things like that. Some, you know, I got some, some, some friends that, you know, are in gangs and stuff like that and, you know, dying over a color and different things like that. And so just, you know, experience those different things. And um, like I said, like those were some of the switches that clicked for me. Uh And so I was just like, okay, like Logan, we got to do something. You know what I'm saying? We can't continue to let the cycle continue. And so for me, you know, that was one of those things, my kids being born, my grandmother being sick, uh, losing my brother in 2019, that was another switch for me. Um, let me let me stop you right there um, because uh-huh. this is like a, a mental health um, podcast and an educational podcast. And being someone who has attempted like multiple times, um, how did you how did you navigate that losing your brother in that fashion? Well, before I lost my brother. I made three attempts to commit suicide before I was 18. So mental health runs in my family. Gotcha. Gotcha. Same, same. Right? Like, it it runs deep in my family. Like, my biological mom, um, I remember, you know, she would text me at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and she's saying, Logan, they putting a taser to my head. Do you feel that? Right? Like, different things like that. Like, Logan... They, they, they are, they're, they're screaming at me. Like, Logan, did you hear that screaming? Like different things like that. And, um, yeah. And so it took for my brother to pass, which, you know, I hate that it it took, it got me to that point, Um, but it took for my brother to pass for me to realize how important and valuable our time really is. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, my brother was very, like, Terrence was very, very, very calculated in the way that he did things. Mm -hmm. And so I can remember I had a a speaking engagement. I had to speak for the state of Tennessee and he went with me uh, because he was, uh, he was managing me. And so we were having discussions and stuff like that. And so he was managing me and I can remember us on our drive back uh, from Nashville to Chattanooga. And I can remember asking him, saying, hey, bro, what we doing for your birthday? You know what I'm saying? Your birthday coming up. Like, what yeah. we going to be doing? Like, bro, I know I know, I got to be make sure that I'm I'm fly that day. Like, what are we going to be doing? And I remember him telling me, he was like, bro, it's going to be a big party. He said, bro, it's going to be a huge party. He said, he said, he said, it's going to bring everybody together. He was like, you going to be, he was like, you going to be fly, you know, uh, Charles gonna be fly, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Mike gonna be fly. Everybody's gonna be fly. And he was like, everybody's gonna come together. Um, and I was like, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, well, dang, I gotta make sure that I start ordering my stuff now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Not realizing he was talking about his funeral. Gotcha. Did he? Um... Did he did he take his life on his birthday or before his birthday? How did how did he actually did, passed? He actually passed it on his birthday. So that's how calculated um, he was. And like I said, you know, I didn't realize it. Like if I would have asked, and I, I think about this sometimes, um, 
especially like early on, like if I would have asked the right questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, well, what you mean by bringing everybody together? Yeah. You, know like, you, like, you never you talked know, about that before. So where's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm like, yo, like talk to me. You know what I'm saying? And I can remember, like I would text him and I, he would be like, bro, like you don't know, man. Like, thank you so much. Because I would just say, hey, bro, I just want to tell you I love you. Like, I said, I just want to tell you I love you. Like, let's go to lunch. Like, I'm always trying to, you know, give people their flowers and, yeah. you know, appreciate people while they're still here and while they're still breathing. And so I used to always tell him, like, yo, hey, let's go to lunch. And he would never pass up free <laughs> lunch. Like, my, my brother loved to eat. And so yeah. he would never pass up free lunch. And, uh, you know, we would go to different places uh, in the city before he passed. And I used to be like, bro, like, I just want to tell you I love you. And he'd be like, man, like, I'm just... I'm I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, it's gonna be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not realizing. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he's like hurting. Like, he's on the verge of jumping off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm just like, oh, bro, it's gonna be okay because I'm so caught up in my own world and what I got going on. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, bro, it's gonna be all right. You're gonna be good. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm here if you need me. You know, I just want to tell you I love you. And, you know, I would send some encouraging words to him and stuff like that. And, you know, but it happens, man. It's it's a part of life. It's a part of, you know, my journey. And so just learning from it mm-hmm. um, and just really, you know, uh, accepting. Nah, I'm not going to say accepting it, but but dealing with uh, the the thought of my brother passing and, and different things like that. Like I've 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 come to grips to accept it um, because it hurt. Yeah, I couldn't go to my brother's grave. I remember I couldn't go to my brother's grave without crying, and I and I couldn't even be. I could just be pulling in tears, waterworks going down my face already, and I ain't yeah. even seen dudes. You know what I'm saying? Tombstone yet, and um, man, but you know I've, I've gotten to a place now where I've made peace with it, and so I go and visit him a lot, um. And, you know, just talk to him and sit with him and, mm-hmm. you know, just laugh about, you know, different things that we used to do yeah. uh, when I was, you know, younger and being stupid and all those different things. So, Was he older or younger than you? He was older. So this month, actually, he would have turned 40. 40. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. I didn't realize how similar our stories were. Like, I... I didn't know, obviously, much about you, Logan. Um, and I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Um, I had an older brother who he he tried and almost succeeded. And he went to the hospital. And when you go to the hospital after you um, attempt suicide, you have to be watched. Well, there was no nurse in there watching him. And he got up. I'm about to cry. He got up and went to the bathroom. And he collapsed on the floor and never got back up. You know, so being like understanding what you're what you're going through the pain you know you don't really you don't really heal you find ways to to deal you know you find ways and you get stronger never gets easier we just get stronger and um we learn how to deal with it more wow i never realized yeah Absolutely. You learn how to cope with it, right? Like you learn how to, like I've, I've learned, and I think that this is a word, you know, I was telling somebody, I want to say probably about two months ago, no, 
I want to say my little my baby boy's birthday. So Deuce's birthday is uh June twenty fifth, and he turned four this year. Cancer. And I can remember, I, and I, 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 I was telling somebody like, yo, I think the word for my family is resilience. Mm. Like I think that that's my family. Like I really do. Like you know the COVID, I went through a divorce, right? Um, and so that was like one of my darkest points and having my baby boy with me a lot, that really like, it, it eased the blow a mm -hmm. little bit because he was, he was such a, he's such a bright light in yeah. my life. You know what I'm saying? Like my kids, when it comes to my, like, it comes to my heart, like my, my kids and my grandmother, like they have a huge chunk of it. And so they know like. If I go to daddy and ask him, like, nine times out of ten, I'm going to get it from him. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they, you know, that was, I say resilience is is where because of, you know, being molested by my babysitter when I was 10, making three attempts to commit suicide before I was 18, being homeless in a church parking lot, um, going through a divorce in the height of COVID, um, catching COVID, right? Like, I can remember I caught COVID, my son caught COVID. And my my daughter caught COVID. My oldest two caught COVID. Right? Um, my grandmother's house um, got hit by the tornado that we had in Chattanooga. Uh, so losing everything and starting back from ground zero. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's nobody but, you know, nobody but God's grace. Right? And so, you know, I, I went through all of that to figure out like, yo, like, what's the lesson? Like, that's how I, like, that's how I navigate. Like, that's how I, that's, that's how I do things, right? I'm like, yo, like, what's the lesson in this? Like, mm -hmm. okay, like, what, what do I need to learn from this? Because there's a blind spot. Absolutely. Right? There's a blind Absolutely. spot, especially, you know, like the height of COVID, I catch COVID, I go through a divorce and, you know, our house gets hit, it gets hit by a tornado. Well, I have nothing now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, what's the lesson? The lesson was that there were some areas that I needed to heal internally. Gotcha. Right? So COVID was a blessing for me because it, it forced me to sit down with those internal thoughts that I was having. Mm -hmm. I would sweep under the rug because I'm like, oh, I got to go to this school or, hey, I got a meeting with this principal or, hey, you know, my kids have a... Uh, 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 activity or you know what I'm saying like oh I got a parent teacher so I was always on the go so I could sweep those things under the rug and being in COVID we couldn't go nowhere yeah so like, oh boom now I got these thoughts and they like oh Logan you're not worthy and I realized it was my little boy because I was raised on survival uh-huh and you and you I'm 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 sure you you developed those defense mechanisms those survival mechanisms that as you got older, they no longer served you, um, but you still deployed them. And that's, you know, you, you feel like it's keeping you safe, but ultimately it's doing so much damage and it's hurting us. So yeah, I, my goodness, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Right you talking spicy right now. Aaron. Listen, you spicy. listen, um, I've been there, been there. Um, Melissa, Melissa as a child, you know, um, I lived in a U-Haul van for like a week and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and and you know going in the army leaving the army you know like just navigating my sexuality and who I was and how I was showing up as a black lesbian in the United States of America you know mm-hmm. it's it's different it's very hard it's hard you know and when we have those tools that we use um as children to to survive to literally just survive it's really really hard to let go of them because that's all we knew those were our life preservers and what happens when you're in the middle of the ocean with no life preserver you you think you're going to drown right but now we have to let go of those life preservers to find new ones new ones that serve us better new ones that hold us up hold us accountable whether that's our support system whether that's going to therapy whether that's you know learning how to love us ourselves more you know it's so so important logan you are talking that talk right now like (laughs) you i don't know if you I don't, I don't, I guess the universe knew I needed to have this conversation. Um, and you're the perfect person to have this, this conversation with. I didn't realize how much we really had in common. Um, our stories are obviously yours is, it's, it's different, but there's some similarities that I'm just not going to ignore, you know? Um, wow. Wow. Okay. So, whew. So you are, you are you still in the process of healing the, your the child? Oh yeah, every day, yeah. every day. So I still go to therapy. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I used to go to therapy at first. So let's back up. So the reason why I went to therapy, I started going to therapy in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I started going to therapy was because I had a car accident. Mm-hmm. In the car accident, there were three people in it. There was me by myself in. Um, in our in my truck and then there were two people one was they were brothers so one was a middle school kid and the other one was I want to say like 1920 something like that mm-hmm. well the accident happened and the kid the middle school kid died immediately off of the impact wow. and so for me I immediately blamed myself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, like if I would have went, if I wouldn't have taken that detour and stayed on my normal route to get to, to get home, that kid would still be here. Mm -hmm. Or if I would have never taken this detour or taken this left, like they told me to, and just kept going straight, this kid will still be here. Yeah. Right. And I can remember talking to the sheriff and, and the officer and he was like, you did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. but I blamed myself. Of course, yeah. Right? Like I had PTSD off of it. Like I can remember getting out the car. I had a bruised up knee. I had some glass in my eye. My lower back was hurting, and I got out unscathed. And I can remember the the car, not my car, but the other car being in the woods and I can I can remember seeing that kid over there um, dead mm. and they were in the woods because how we hit and what happened was is that 
I was going um, up the hill and they were coming towards me. Well, there was a curve. There was a there was a curve uh, before before we became um, before we became before we hit. Mm-hmm. So the car, I think it was like a, a gold Toyota. Um, the car went into the ditch because he was turning. He was going so fast. He went into the ditch and he tried to correct it. Ah, and he ended up right in front of you, didn't he? And so when he corrected it, he turned it too hard and too quick. And so they call it yawing. And so he yawed and the car is turned sideways now. Mm-hmm. So the now and so now the car is turned sideways. I have nowhere to go. Right. I either go into the woods, or either uh, that was it because I couldn't go to the left because there were uh, that was other cars coming this way towards me. Gotcha, gotcha. Right, and so when they came, it was like so quick. And you know, I remember the officer telling me he was like, "I've never seen anything like it." He was like, "Most people." Um, when they step on a break or when they, you know, their reaction, he said, he said, your reaction was 0.5. Most people's reaction is, um, a second and a half or, you know, two seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was like, I've never seen anything like it. He was like, your reaction was half a second. And, you know, I told him like, yo, like I blame myself. Like I can remember sitting in the den at the time I was married um, I can remember sitting in the den and being in, in pitch black dark and my partner, uh, Dante, he was there. He came every day. I remember him coming every day and he would just sit there with me. And I can remember like crying and blaming myself because I'm like, yo, like it's it's my fault. And it was like, it wasn't. Yeah. And when I experienced that, that didn't do anything, but just it was a snowball effect for everything else that I swept up under the rug. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? And so now I'm like, okay, now I'm peeling I'm peeling back this layer. You know what I'm saying? Of my self-worth and my self-value. And then I'm peeling off this layer of wondering, you know, why my parents never validated me. Then I'm peeling back this layer and trying to figure out why, you know, why am I a people pleaser? Then I'm pulling back this layer and I'm trying to figure out like why why didn't, you know, why didn't, why didn't I validate myself or love myself? Like, why I'm, why did I want to make attempts to commit suicide? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then I'm pulling back this layer, looking at the generational curses. Then I'm pulling back this layer and I'm trying to navigate and figure out, like, Logan, like, why do you have issues with wanting to be in a committed relationship? Like, why, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was pulling back all of these different layers and I was just finding these blind spots when I was going to therapy. And when I say, like, if it wasn't for therapy, there weren't, there, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to love properly. I wouldn't be able to be in a committed relationship, right? Like, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to do half of the things that I'm doing. Right. Like I'm not even in survival mode anymore. Like I'm in I'm in so much I give so much love and gratitude to stuff that I'm just like, oh man, like what can we do to to fix this? Because yeah. I still find blind I still find blind spots about myself because it's not the older me, right? It's the it's the little boy. It's mm-hmm. the internal me 
because what I realized was, yo, like my enemy was my inner me. Mm. That was a bar. You feel what that I'm saying? That was a bar. That was a bar. Okay. My inner me was my inner me. It mm. wasn't anybody else, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't my kids' mothers, or it wasn't, you know, my grandmother, or it wasn't, you know, the 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 fear and the negativity that people would spew onto me. It was me. Mm-hmm. And I can remember going to therapy and, and my telling my therapist that, and he was like, Bro, you different. Like it took me a year and a half to finally let my wall down to finally start to make uh some headway. Yeah. With opening up and really like navigating and really figuring out my blind spots and, and healing them. Yeah, vulnerability is such a, a conundrum. Um it's so crazy because people say, you know, vulnerability is being soft, or you know, vulnerability is the hardest emotion to 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 have. Like showing up and and putting all your cards on the table face up. You know, what did Brene Brown say? Like when you step into the ring, regardless of how you feel, like showing up, that vulnerability, um, that's a muscle that I wish more people exercised um, because I truly believe that the world would be in a better position. Um, There'd be more empathy and um, grace and patience if we were just bold enough to show our vulnerability um but yeah like it takes it takes a it takes a while you know listen most definitely like you know i told you early on when we first you know started the the recording like i told you like vulnerability is my superpower Mm -hmm. i wrote that down vulnerability is your superpower how do you what do you why do you feel like that because I can walk in my truth and not be ashamed, mm. right? Like I can I can walk in my truth and say, "Yep, I was one of those kids that used to steal from the grocery store so we could have something to eat," right? Like, "Yep, I was one of those kids that I felt like I wasn't worthy. I felt like I wasn't loved. I looked for I looked for affirmation. I looked for validation, and I looked for confirmation." Mm. I looked for all of those things in people. Yeah. Right? Like I can say I can I can be okay and say, yep, I was a people pleaser. Because I would be literally anything. It's funny, like I, I'd be looking back and be like, Logan, what was you thinking? But I'd be like, I could I could be anything. If somebody said, Oh, Logan, you stupid, that's exactly what I would portray myself as. Mm. Hey, hey, hey. If you're enjoying this content, do not forget to rate and review. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, be sure to rate and review. It helps us reach more people in more ways. Now, let's get back to some resilience. Oh, Logan, you, 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 uh, you this, you that. You're, you're a womanizer. That's exactly what I would portray myself as, right? And so now I can say, Yep, you're right. I was a womanizer. And you know what? I apologize for the way that I treated you because I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I can I can take a I can take accountability in my truth and not blame anybody else or not say, oh well, you know, if you would have, you know, treated me this way, then I wouldn't have went. No. 
No, I take a hundred percent ownership over all of the things that you know I have encountered in my life. I take, excuse me, I take a hundred percent ownership in the way that I react. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That reaction. Those yeah. reactions. You know, we can't, we can't control other people, uh, but we we for damn sure can control how we react to those other exactly. people, those other situations. Absolutely. And, and your self awareness is. What do I, how do I even, your self, your self-awareness, Logan, is commendable. Your self-awareness is admirable. Your self-awareness, the work that you've done. So earlier you said, um, your grandmother said, you know, you should leave any place better than you found it. Right. So my motto from the very beginning, from 2000, uh, 2017, I think I started this work, is to mm -hmm. leave this world better than I found it, starting right. with myself. Mm. Yeah. You got to add, when you add the extra piece in, uh, that's, that's a level of self-awareness, a level of self-accountability that, that you have to have. And you you sir are displaying and wearing your awareness and self-accountability like like the cape that it is like you are a superhero and that vulnerability is definitely your superpower like you have a, you have an entire tool belt of um gifts and skills and mm -hmm. I'm going to take this time right now to commend you for not only recognizing your power, um, but but taking to steps to share that with other people, especially the youth, because that's where it starts. You know, if people poured into us as much as we pour into our youth, our world would be different. Man, like... I think for me, it was, I got tired of the generational curses. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like molestation, alcohol, drug abuse, mental health, um, like just all types of stuff, right? Like financial, free, like financial freedom, like all of those different things. And I'm like, yo, like, I don't want my, like I don't want my kids like I don't want my kids living how I live like yeah. that's not that's not anything commendable to be proud about right like I, I I tell my son I tell my oldest boy like Noah Noah has to rock with Noah mm -hmm. and I, I'm telling him this at you know I've been telling him I've had custody of him since second grade and so I've been telling him this probably since. He had to be like nine or ten, mm -hmm. and you know I'm I'm telling him like Noah has to rock with Noah because I can remember when I was nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old, and nobody told me that, mm -hmm. right? And so I know what the outcome is if I don't tell him this. Yeah, and so I really want my son, like I want my son to, I want what my ceiling is. I want I want it to be my kids' floor. 
I love that. You know I me? Mean? Like, yes. what my ceiling is, I want it to be my kids' floor, and they catapult and take it to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. And so I realized, like, yo, like, if I'm not if I'm not encouraging my son, if I'm not giving him the proper tools now, then he's not doing anything but going to be doing the same thing that I did. Yeah. Yep. And, and he's going to have, he's just going to have a, a different, he's going to have the same identity, but it'll be a different version. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, as parents, and I'm not a parent yet, right. um, but as parents, it is so, so very important and and I look at like um, you know when I was growing up, my my mom, my dad, um, they did the best they could with what they had, um, you know. But being able to turn around and look at that and see the flaws, you know, and and do the best that we can to address those flaws, right? So we don't. So those those flaws and those generational curses don't go keep going. You know, you're right. a curse, you're a generational curse breaker. Like you are the person in your family, in your cycle, um, mm -hmm. that said, no, we're not going to do this. This isn't, this isn't productive. This doesn't serve us anymore. These actions are not, you know, they don't validate who it is that we are going to be our great, our greatest selves. So mm -hmm. we are no longer doing this. Like, right. How does that make you feel, like, knowing that, that you have been chosen to do that work? Grateful. Mm. Like, I don't have, like, I'm, I am so, like, when I say grateful, like, I'm so grateful to the point that where, I, where I'm at in life right now in the season that I'm in, like, I am so grateful because I know that what I'm going through or the or the challenges that I'm facing is helping somebody else. Yeah. Right? Like there's somebody that's watching me right now and the season that I'm in, they're like, yo, like, I don't know if I can get through that. I don't know if I can if I can do that. Right. And I'm with their what I'm showing them is like, yo, it's possible. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm extremely grateful. Because I get to, you know, like I get to do, like I'm walking in my purpose. Like yeah. I wake up every day, you know what I'm saying? And and I'm, I am doing YB normal. It's not many people that can say that. Mm -hmm. Right? Like I know like wherever, you know, wherever, you know, I'm celebrated at, I stay there. Yeah. Where in the past, when I would be celebrated, I'm like, oh, let me look over here to see if I can find something better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And what I've learned is is like, Logan, like, go where you're celebrated at and stay there. And that's how I've been able to flourish. Awesome. That's how I've been able to to heal. That's how I've been able to, to set boundaries and love myself properly. That's how I've been able to impact lives and, and, and stop kids from committing suicide. That's how I've been able to, you know, do professional development with teachers and they come to me crying, saying, Logan, thank you so much. I, I've never heard anybody, you know, speak life into me like that before. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, for me, like, I'm I'm just grateful. Because I know that, like, 
the ideas that I have or the things that God has put on my heart, he could have used anybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he used a kid, he used a kid like me that I didn't, I come from very humble beginnings. I didn't come, I didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, now that I have, you know, three kids that mean the world to me, now that I have, you know, somebody that, you know, we're dating and we're in a, we're in a very, you know, serious relationship and, you know, I can, can I can communicate with her when, you know, I'm not feeling like I'm being loved properly or mm -hmm. I'm feeling annoyed or I'm feeling bothered, right? Like I've learned to, I've learned to, to, to give people the same grace that I would, that I would have desired, right? And so, you know, for me, like I said, I'm grateful. Like, I'm, I'm able to take care of my, like, I'm able to take care of my grandma, right? Like, the woman, I mean, she didn't birth me, but she took care of me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I come from nothing. Like, when I say I come from nothing, like, I come from nothing. I can remember, you know, I can recall my mom having me in a crack house at two years old. Right. And so for me, like I'm I'm so grateful because I get to do what God has called me to do. And when it came to my purpose, it was no conference call. Mm. Like it, it wasn't mm. no conference call. And that'd be the yeah. problem with people is that they make it, they think that it's, you know, they give their opinion. Let me say this, they give their opinion about what you should, what you should do or what you shouldn't be doing. Right. What you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing, not realizing that God called them for a reason. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he doesn't he doesn't ask you about the accolades or the things that you're doing. Aaron. he said, hey, Aaron, this is what I want you to be doing. This is the lane and the avenue that I want to place you in. And so I need you to go forth and make it happen. And I think a lot of times we get caught up because we're trying to seek validation and confirmation and affirmation from people that don't hold no merit or weight to us. Mm -hmm. You feel yeah. me? Like you yeah. giving, you're giving, you have the authority and the power, but you're trying to give it to other people, and that's the problem. Yep. Yeah. How how can I always say this? You cannot show up fully for anyone if you cannot first show up fully for yourself. You, man, come on now. You can't. You you can't. And that, and you being a father, you you know, right? You know that Logan cannot be the best father he can be if Logan can't show up for Logan first, right? So as you know, like some parents that I talk to who had they've lost themselves, mm -hmm. right? And I have my child and. I'm like, you need to, whatever joy, whatever filled you up before you had your kids, you definitely need to re-explore that or find a way to work that into, you know, your routines because now you're, you lost yourself and how, what a disadvantage we put our children in when we place all of that weight, all of that burden for them to show up for our happiness. That's not fair to them. Absolutely. That's not fair to them whatsoever. False expectation. Yep. Right? Like my son, so I played basketball and my son, he's uh he's in this season where, you know, he wants to play basketball. And so my daughter, my daughter uh plays basketball as well. She made the the varsity middle school team. Oh, it was lit. And 
my kids, like I tell them, and I and I think my son is really starting to get it now. Um, but you know, I tell my kids, like, yo, like, bro, please don't think that I want you to play basketball for me, because mm-hmm. it ain't about me. You can go out here and you can be in the band, and I promise you, I'm gonna be right there supporting you if you playing the flute. And I'm gonna be like, yo, that's the baddest flute player I've ever seen. Like, uh-huh. I don't care whatever it is, right? And so. I'm not one of those fathers where, or better yet, I'm not one of those parents that I want you, I want to live my life through you. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do, I want to do whatever makes you happy. Like, my son loves anime, he loves comic books, right? And so, you know, we talk about those things and we, and I sit there with him, even though I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get but it. you're in the space it. with him. Exactly. That's all that matters. Exactly. Because that is something that I know that I desired when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I never got it. And so I'm like, you know, I ain't got the blueprint to being a father. Because I ain't have a father. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, yo, like, well, if he's sitting down here watching anime for two hours, like, I could at least give him an hour or 30 minutes and let me just watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. But... We'll sit right here and we'll watch it on the TV and, you know, I may ask a couple questions and he'll be looking at me like, <laughs> like, dad, like, bro, for real. But, you know, I just want him to have that opportunity and be like, yo, like, I can remember my dad being X, Y, and Z. You are the father that you wish you would have had. Exactly. Shout out to you. You know what I'm saying? So, Shout out to you, yeah. My kids, man, they they my world, man. And my grandmother, you know, shout out to her. Like, I wouldn't be there. And there's a few people that play, you know, some key parts and intricates in my life. But I know for my grandmother, like, if she never would have took me, there wouldn't have been no Logan. Mm-hmm. So, nah, there would have been a Logan, just not this version. No. Nah, so, like I said, like I made three, like I told you, like I made three attempts to commit suicide and I can remember, I can remember very vividly those attempts, mm-hmm. right? Like I tried to take pills one time to put myself asleep, right? I tried to hang myself both two times, right? And neither one, n- none of those worked. And so, you know, I realized like, yo, like Logan, like, like I said, like, bro, if you didn't, like, if you didn't experience those things, you wouldn't be the Logan that you are now. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say if my grandmother wouldn't have taken me in and me and for me to experience those things that I experienced in gotcha. my journey, there wouldn't, be a, there wouldn't be a Logan. Like, the version that I am now ain't the same Logan that I was two weeks ago or, yeah. you know, a year ago or four years ago or five years ago or a decade, right? Like... There would have been the Logan that didn't want to listen to everybody. It would have been prideful, you know what I'm saying? Which eventually I would have been, what, dead or in jail mm-hmm. because I didn't want to listen. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to be defiant and different things like that. And that Logan, I don't I don't know who that Logan is. See too much of a, of a future with that Logan, for that Logan, should I say. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Come on, what you got? Listen, um, Logan, how can we support you? Where can we find you on social media? 
So where you can find me is just like the hat says, uh, ybnormal.org. That is our website. And if you go to our website, of course, you will see all of the social media outlets. You will see what we do. You will see, you know, who you'll see who I am and different things like that. And so you just go to the website, www.ybnormal.org and, you know, just start from there. And, you know, all of the social media handles, you know, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know what I'm saying? TikTok, all of those, you know, social media outlets, whatever. My team does all of that. But, you know, we're on all of those different things. And so I'm just, uh, I'm grateful. Perfect, perfect. We're going to do, we're going to do, if you're down, we're going to do, it doesn't necessarily have to be a part two, um, but you have a lot of story in you. And I personally feel like we've only scratched the surface. Oh, facts. And, and we talked about it, and we talked about a lot. We did. Um, so yeah, I would yeah. love to. In different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to get you on again. Um, I have one final question for you. Okay. Um, I know earlier you said, you know, your family's word is resilience. Mm-hmm. What... What does that word mean to Logan? Empowerment. Empowerment. Mm. That's what that word means. When I think of resilience, I think of it from a empowerment lens. How can I show you how I was resilient and how I got through it? And what, how can that empower you to overcome the obstacles and the opposition that you faced in your life or that you're currently going through, mm. right? Like I spoke to a, a I spoke to a a football program. They went undefeated. Uh, this was earlier. No, this was last week actually. We spoke to a football program, and they went undefeated and won the championship. And um, when I spoke to them the day of their game, I asked them we did like a professional development session and I asked them, what is the difference between a champion and a winner? Well, what did they say? Right. Like they said, Oh, uh, uh, a winner is the winner complains. The winner makes excuses. The winner makes it about themselves. Right. The, the winner is all about I and different things like that. And, bad attitude and you know all of those different things and you know I said to them I said okay I said so what's the difference with a champion the champion is a leader the champion they support the champion is about the team the champion is is being coachable and I said okay if y'all know all of these things then why y'all not doing Mm. like flat out like let's just be real because a lot of times what happens is, is that human beings, right? Like what they will do is, is that they will go through something and then they want to complain about it and not try to fix it. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I was like, yo, like, I want to give y'all an opportunity. Like, I promise you, you're not going to get in trouble. Like, don't even worry about the coaches and none of that. Right. And I told the coaches, like, listen, we, we're going, we're getting ready to do something. And this is going to give you all the opportunity on how you can best support your players. Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, guys, like, don't tell, don't, don't sit right here and not say nothing. And then when I leave 
and y'all walk out this door, y'all going to be complaining about stuff right now. Like, let's nip it in the bud right now. Mm-hmm. And so I said to them, you know, I said, okay, all of those things are great. And I said, here's the difference between a champion and a winner. I said, the difference between a champion and a winner is inches. Mm. Mm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's the inches, right? Because everybody sees the, the trophy, but nobody knows what they went through to get that trophy. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, don't nobody talk about the extra reps that the kid, that the, the players do. Nobody talks about, you know, how you got the star player and he's all about I because he never experienced structure before. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, you know, I told him, like, yo, it's inches. And I said, you got to communicate. I said, because if you know, hey, this is wrong or, hey, this is what we're supposed to be doing and you're not doing it, then, bro, you 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 got to hold yourself accountable. Absolutely. You got to hold your brothers accountable. So, you know, like I said, man, the difference between a, a champion and a winner is inches. And so for me, like, that's what I'm talking about because going through some of the things that I went through in life, it was inches. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, it was, it was inches on – all right, I can make this decision and it takes me down a whole different path or I can make this decision and it takes me down the path and takes me to the journey that I'm on now. And so I'm just like, yo, like, Logan, what do you want to do with your life? I can remember, like, telling God, I can remember being in the club uh, and I can remember sitting next to a speaker. And when you're in the club, you know, you be trying to chill and you vibing and stuff. Yeah. I can remember the club was crunk. I think he was playing like some crunk song. I think like Nuck If You Buck or something. Oh, man. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. (laughs) I was literally standing right there. And I was just looking around. Like I wasn't bobbing my head or nothing. Like in the DJ, I knew the DJ. And I was like, yo, he going in. And I could just, I just stood right there. And I was just looking around. And that's how I knew it wasn't fun for me no more. Yeah. That's how I knew it was time for me to to go in a different direction and do something different. And I was like, okay, God, like I'm I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm I'm gonna do what you tell me to do, but I'm not gonna go all in because I ain't trust me. Yeah. Right. So, um, resilience, and you know, when I think of resilience, I think of how can you know I am how can I empower, you know, what I'm saying people, or how can I empower myself? So. Yeah, that's literally the embodiment of resilience in action. Like it's it putting forth that effort, um, or e- even the the extra effort. You know, um, like you said, inches. Yep. Yeah, uh, Logan, thank you so very much um, for sharing your story, Absolutely. sharing some of your systems, and sharing some of your strategies that help you um, overcome some of the obstacles in your life. And has led you to have a greater human experience. Listen, thank you. I'm I'm extremely grateful and extremely humbled um, by letting you by you know you letting me come onto your your show and share with your audience. And so it's a privilege and an honor. And you know, listen, I'm you want to bring me back on? I'm you got it now. I I know I'm recorded. So listen, you have my word. Anything you need, any way that I can help or any way that I can serve, I'll be I'll be more than happy to assist and help. That's perfect. That's perfect. Let's see.
Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate and review. And remember, resilience in action will always lead to a greater human experience.